Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I'm your host, Kaylee Chikoski, and I'm here with Jordan. We are back after a week off. We are. We took a week off. We had a lot going on. It was literally the messiest week. (laughs) You should have seen our text trying to like replan the show. So I was Sixers were in the playoffs last Wednesday Mm -hmm. was game five. Me and my friends got tickets. So I was like, we can't do the show. I'm going to go to this game. We were going to do it Thursday. Thursday, Kaylee got crazy. So we were like, all right, let's do like a weekend show. Mm -hmm. Then we forgot it was Father's Day. And when I tell you Mercury was in retrograde and everything I'm literally br- blaming it on that because everything that could have gone w- wrong yes. literally went wrong. <laughs> yes. You texted me and you said Mercury is in Gatorade. And I <laughs> thought it was the funniest joke ever. And I told my boyfriend and he also thought it was the funniest joke <laughs> ever. Um, Cause he hears me say Mercury retrograde constantly. Anytime like my life, I have a minor inconvenience. I'm like, what planets are in retrograde? Literally, I'm like, what is going on in space right now? Why is this happening to me? (laughs) Yeah. And so it was very funny. It was a mess of a week. I think we're calmer this week. Yeah. It worked out. We got, you know, I, we're in the slow time of the NFL. So I feel like, you know what? It's all good. We're chill. We still got plenty of time before we have to like ramp up the show so we're here we made it and now we have a lot of news to talk about we have a lot of news and mercury and gatorade definitely didn't just affect us because holy crap we got a lot going on we got a lot going on but let's start on the positive side of things off the field carl nassib became the first active nfl player to come out as gay we are very happy for him he came out via instagram with a video and a statement on monday um yeah i mean i guess give me your initial thoughts because i think it the whole sports world kind of went off and was talking about it but what were your thoughts when you kind of saw the announcement and read it and watched his video I definitely one. I think the fact that it happened during Pride Month, there's just like a lot to that as well. But the way he handled it was so mature. It was so calm, cool, collected. And I think the way that we anybody should go about it, it was kind of just like, this is who I am. This is how it is. And I think it was the perfect way to handle it. He didn't make a big deal out of it. It was just kind of, this is who I am. And he even went on to say, I wish I didn't even have to come out and make this video. I'm hoping we can get to the point where it doesn't have to be like that. But right now, I think we definitely do. I think it just sets a very good standard. And the way the league reacted, so many people, it was like overwhelmingly positive within the league, which I loved to see. It was moving completely in the right direction. Players from all different teams. I saw JJ Watt, Saquon Barkley, everybody, Julian Edelman. Everyone was reaching out to kind of just be like, congrats, bro. Like no one. It was very like easy within the league. We'll get to some other stuff. But I think that seeing how like calm it was and how everyone just kind of reacted and was just like congrats and moved on from it. I think that's saying a lot because it's not like it's going to change anything. And I just think it just shows we are moving in the right direction that it didn't have to be this world stopping kind of thing. He could just kind of just say who I, who he is. And it was great. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. I thought he did it with such class and, and we've seen that from him, right? Like we've had the opportunity and the pleasure of watching him on hard knocks. He's just that guy who he's not vying for attention. He's not buying for the spotlight, but he does have a really good heart. And I think we've been able to see that luckily 
Um, he made a $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project, which works to prevent suicide in the LGBTQ plus community. Really cool. Um, the NFL matched it. So that's really good to see. Also, it's in the description of this episode. So if you want to go and donate, it's in there. But um, but yeah, I really liked it. I, you know, and I think you never know how this is going to go, right? Because the only context we have and the precedents we have are players who have announced it, you know, after they've retired, mm-hmm. right? And that's totally different because you don't have to go into your locker room every single day. You don't have to stand across the line against other NFL players every week. You don't have to be picked apart by the media every week. There's just a lot of things that, and while we respect, I think the people who've gone before him and and made that announcement and lived their truth, I think it is important to acknowledge that this is a whole different level of courage and being able to really accept that part of yourself in a setting that doesn't necessarily lend itself to being that friendly um, for the non-straight community. So I think it's really important. I I like it. I think, you know, obviously I was kind of surprised he had the top selling Jersey this week. Um, after the announcement, yes. Did that shock you? Because it really did shock me. I got the notification. And when I tell you, it literally gave me goosebumps like all over because not that I expected everybody to be, I didn't, I expected some people to throw hate obviously just because unfortunately we're not fully in a world yet where it's totally acceptable, which still frustrates me. But I seeing that, seeing how many people could get behind him and move his shirt, that was just overwhelmingly positive. And I couldn't even believe it. And I'm so happy to see that. And it's just nice to see everybody supporting him. Yeah. Um, the, so the NFL posted obviously his announcement video as well. I was going through the TikTok comments. Comment section did not pass the vibe check. They were very, it was tough to read. And I think it's, it's important to remember, especially because I think a lot of people live in the mindset that we are a very progressive society now and it's 2021. There are a lot of people like homophobia still runs rampant in this country. I've seen it firsthand from people that I wouldn't expect over the past few months. And like, this is something that it's not, it's just not, we're not there. Right. And so I think it's hard. It is, it's very encouraging to see people and fans go buy his Jersey and go support him in that way. And I think that's very important because you just never know. And I know we understand what the demographic is of the NFL. I think it's something that they've been trying to change over the past few years. We saw it at the Super Bowl with the talent they're choosing, the way that they're choosing to present the broadcasts, um, the social justice initiatives they're choosing to be part of. I think they are trying to change that demographic, but we do know what it is and what it has been for a yeah. long time. So it is surprising and it's and it's positive. Um, it wasn't all positive. So we'll talk through Jason Whitlock um his comments we're we're not going to be I'm not planning to beat around the bush on this I don't like this at all um so I was reading it with my jaw how is this published how is this real it really really rubbed like I was getting like anxiety reading it yeah I was not happy um I, Jason Whitlock is he doesn't have a great track record of having good takes. He worked without kick. It's just he's known to make these types of comments, but um these were just really egregious things to say. So he accused Carl Nassib of cashing in 
by coming out essentially and saying his quote was his penis transformed an average athlete into an important person. Um, and then stated that his announcement essentially increased his chances of making the roster because he is a third string player on their death chart. And that this, he basically did this whole stunt to make money and get a roster spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he even, yeah. even when he was referring to him coming out, he didn't even say, that he came out his get as gay. He said Correct. by announcing on Instagram that he prefers to have sex with men. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. as if we don't know what being gay actually means. Like that is the way that he chose to go about wording it. So when I tell you everything about this article is just, it's so politically wrong. Like it's so wrong. Yeah. And it's just, it's so Ooh. insensitive. And he goes on to say that he's not homophobic, but he was homophobic. And now he doesn't care what people do because everybody sent, let me find the exact, but everything about this, it's just, I don't understand how you can take coming. And I honestly think he went here because within the league, the way the NFL, and obviously he's receiving hate from people like viewers and fans, but within the league, pretty much all of, his teammates, other players, coaches, the league itself, they were all very congrats. They matched the donation. So I think for him, this is his way of kind of finding a dark turn in the situation. It's like nothing can ever just be light. You need to find the negative in something. So he's like, wow, they're not going to freak out about this. So let's find something to get mad about. That's the way I took it. Because if everybody was giving him hate, he would have commented and, and he would it seemed as though it seems as though he would have gone on with that. And that wasn't the case. So he chose to go this direction. Yes. My my perspective on who Jason Whitlock is as an entertainer, um, he's known as a journalist. I think that's um <laughs> that's a little broad (laughs) it's broad it's a little um i don't know overstated uh but i think he does often take those views he tries to find the see he tries to find something that people it's a it's a wow factor right he's trying to shock people but in turn i think it often comes off as being just very contrarian for the sake of being contrarian he doesn't want to agree just to agree with someone but he also doesn't he just wants to disagree and he wants to argue and he wants to have a take that's different than everyone else's but he often does it at the expense of of progress um socially he does it at the expense of empathy at the expense of humanitarianism he does it at the expense of like people's feelings and their it's just it's it's really sad because i think when you look at the nfl right i mean this is an opportunity and you look at the NFL and how many players are in the NFL and the chances that there are other, you know, gay by other, however they identify men in the league that don't accept that part of themselves or haven't felt comfortable enough to come out based on their position within the NFL and professional sports. I think this is a huge step of progress toward building that acceptance and really showing representation and showing marginalized communities that they do have a place in professional sports Mm -hmm. and professional sports like the NFL, which is very notoriously overly masculine. And so I think to immediately dismiss and degrade and question his ethics and morals and purpose and motive for this announcement um, is really, really sad. And it's really 
inappropriate and every, every word that you can use to describe this, but it is unfortunate because I think it puts a dark shadow, like you said, on something that is otherwise positive. And just like women want representation, like we wanted, we want to see women in power, right? Like that's why certain things in history are so important because you want to see yourself in places of power and entertainment and sports. Um, it's the same reason why over the past year, women's professional sports has been such a focus for social justice is because we want to see that and and black men and women want to see themselves represented in entertainment and movies and tv and i mean the lgbtq plus community is also that way like they want to be represented in a way that isn't calling so much attention to the fact that they're different so i think this is one step toward that so it is mm -hmm. it just feels like his comments take four steps back um, Absolutely. and I don't know that he has that much power and I don't want to give him that much power over the situation, but gosh, it's super disheartening. It me. is because especially like, let's look at it when he decided to go on Instagram and post it. He had no idea what the reaction it was. It could have gone either way. Exactly. And we got lucky that the league was very accepting and everybody was just kind of like, congrats, let's play ball basically. He had no idea that that was going to be the case. And he still, there's there's going to be fans and viewers that hate him for this. Just because, unfortunately, that is how some people still believe. And people still have these beliefs. We are not fully in a world that is 100% accepting. And I think we can all agree on that. So for him to go out and just try and, and I don't even want to say, he didn't even, because the way he's Jason's talking about this is he's basically saying, I don't see courage in this. He's not a hero. He basically is saying, I don't even want to be a hero, but we, we kind of still need it. And yeah. unfortunately we do. So, and like you said, for other players in the league or even just guys at home, fans, viewers to see someone, a figure like this come out, it's a big deal. And it is something that we need to see more of so for him to go on and attack him for doing it and attack his morals and what he thought was going to come out of this like there's no way Carl woke up that morning and was like I'm going to come out so I can get a roster spot because it could have gone the completely opposite way and we just don't know so for him to question everything about this it's just like you said inappropriate it's degrading it's disrespectful and um it really I I can't even believe that these words are published on paper. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're maybe companies want sponsorships with openly gay athletes. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're money hungry and they don't care about the cause. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that the NFL and support of Carl doesn't support him. They just want money. Like there's, there's aspects of everything that's going to be about financial gain but at the end of the day, I, I do think the NFL is in a place where they want to demonstrate their support of different causes and, and different social justice issues and support of their players because they realize that if they don't, you know, they, they're they going to jeopardize players actually being active participants in the NFL as an organization in the NFLPA. And I think there's just, yeah, you can point fingers and all of that at what the motives might be for endorsements and for the league and for other entities that might have something to gain from this. But at the end of the day, his life does not get easier 
because he's gay, right? Like it doesn't get easier because he announced it. We're still in a place where hate crimes exist. We're still in a place where he's going to have to stand across the line and I'm not putting anyone down or, or assuming what their beliefs are, but he's undoubtedly going to stand across the line this season from someone who's going to say slurs to him. He's go. They're going to talk shit. They're going to say something that's completely inappropriate. They're going to degrade him for that at some point this season. It's almost a guarantee. So he really sets himself up and puts himself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position by doing this. It, his life doesn't get easier. I mean, it might get... It, it should get better because now you're living in your truth. You're accepting who you are. Your friends and family are supportive. Obviously, he feels like he's got the support. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. But to assume that his life gets easier because maybe a company wants to sponsor him or maybe the NFL is just, maybe, I don't know, like or to assume that he's going to get a roster spot based alone on his sexuality is so ridiculous because you're missing all of the ways that their lives get harder And all of the ways that straight people consistently benefit off of systems that put down the LGBTQ plus community. So it's a wildly offensive thing to write. Um, I it's crazy. It really is. And going based off of that. What really rubs me the wrong way when talking about endorsements and money and sponsorships, if a straight person wakes up and this is very much but just think about it if a straight person wakes up one day and posts on their instagram about how much they love something whether it's clothes or food anything and they get a sponsor nobody questions it you wake up one day and you come out as gay or whatever if you're bi trans queer any any sort of sort um and a company says you know what we respect you for this and we want to sponsor you we want to work with you Really, there's no difference. There is right. nothing different from one or the other. And obviously, there's more to it, and it's not as A versus B. But at the same time, that's how sponsorships work. And it's between the company and the person. So for you to be like, for him to attack him and saying, this is for money, this is for a roster spot, it, it's really mind boggling because, like you said, you are erasing all of the other hardships that have come along with it and that you still unfortunately have to work through as someone in the LGBTQ plus community. So it's really frustrating that you even think that this is a valid argument in this situation because it really isn't. Right. And I, I, I think there's just value in saying that I think a lot of companies probably have those values and have that support of those communities within their own organizations and maybe just want a face to represent them. Exactly. If that's also possible. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a wild thing to say. It's a wild thing to accuse someone of it's disgusting. Um, I think we both needed to vent about that because it was not okay. And, and we're not going to beat around the bush. I, I really, it's one of those things where I just can't believe I was reading it. But then at the same time, it's if any, if you asked me, if you showed me those comments and said, who made these comments, I would immediately be we able to pinpoint yeah. exactly who made them. So it's not surprising, but it is. Um, but yeah, so we'll have the link for the Trevor project in the description. Um, so if you want to donate, that's where to go. Now let's get to <laughs> the <laughs> negative off the field. The, stuff. My, the, most random inconveniences and i swear this was this was a mercury in retrograde yeah yeah. like what the heck is going on so this in the last two weeks yeah um zaven collins 16th round draft pick 
from Tulsa for the Arizona Cardinals was arrested. And also Frank Clark from the Chiefs arrested. Both for very different reasons. Zayvon Collins, it really, it wasn't a big deal. Zayvon Collins, it was just pure stupidity. Correct. Um, It was reckless driving. He went to jail, but was really, it wasn't not like jail, jail. He had to spend some time in jail. Um, He was going 76 in a 35 mile per hour zone. We've apparently been, driving. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. It, we've all done stupid things driving. I don't think I've ever like tripled the speed limit, but I'm definitely not the best driver. I mean, I live in New Jersey, so that should tell you all you need to know. I, I live in Florida, it. so we both are. Yeah, yeah, I've had like five speeding tickets, by the way. So, And I'm just lucky they didn't take me to jail because on half of them, they definitely could have. So, you know, here we are. Oh my God. No, me and my friend, my best friend, Robbie, we were driving the other day. We're on the Jersey turnpike. He left his wallet in his boyfriend's place in Brooklyn. So he woke up and he was like, Jordan, I'll let you listen to Taylor Swift the entire (laughs) way there. If you just come and sit and it's like an hour and a half drive to New York. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, let's go. So I get in the car. We're both so hungover. So I am a miserable bitch sitting passenger in his car. He's playing Taylor Swift. I'm not even singing. All of a sudden, he's driving like crazy, flying. Cop pulls us over, and I'm sitting there. Meanwhile, we drank so much the night before, and I'm sitting there, and the cop is pulling us over. Could have easily arrested us or given us points. Mm-hmm. My head's pounding, and I look over, and I'm like, Robbie, I need to throw up. I was like, I need, I was like, right now. And he was like, Jordan, he was like, this cop is going to start assuming things. He was like, you have to hold it together. So the cop finally, he was like, listen, I'm going to let you off with a warning. He gave him a ticket for something stupid and was like, just slow down, please. So we pull away, drive five feet up the road. And then I had to get out of the car and throw up. And it was literally the hottest mess situation (laughs) ever. But like, in Zavin's, like, ev- stupid things happen. Hopefully, he can kind of get it together. He got it out of his system. Like, just hold it together because I love him. He's one of my favorite traffics out of this uh, past draft. But um, Frank Clark's was a little more serious. That, yeah, Frank Clark, okay. <laughs> Not only was it more serious, but he has a... Zayvon Collins is a kid who probably doesn't understand that now you're in the NFL. Now you're in a new Anything city. Anything you do is going to make a headline. Everything, right? So you have to just be more aware. And and we'll see whether anything else, anything else comes up down the line. But for yeah. now, I think we can excuse his speeding, right? Yeah, it's fine. Frank Clark was arrested Sunday in LA for firearm possession. So a felony um, of a concealed firearm with an Uzi submachine gun. So this yeah. is a whole different situation. Yeah. Not only was he arrested Sunday, he was also arrested back in March for another mm-hmm. gun charge of having a shotgun in the car. He was arrested in 2014 when he was still a college athlete at Michigan for domestic violence. Um, there, he's got he's got a lot going on. Yeah, he he's starting to build a very hefty track record, Pierre. Yeah. Oof. Have, okay, the Chiefs <laughs> haven't commented, and I think that's the biggest. I. I don't know if it's a big deal. I, what do you like so, the Chiefs commenting? What do you think? Because uh. so from what I heard in the latest article that I read about it, apparently it wasn't his. It just happened. He was with a bodyguard, and apparently it belonged to the bodyguard. Either way, this isn't a weapon or a gun yeah, that is appropriate to be carrying around. It's not a self-defense weapon. Like, yes, like this is yeah. this is a little more. If it was like a normal registered gun to his bot to a bodyguard that, that that calls for a completely 
different story, especially if you're yeah. a high, high profile person, like God forbid something happens that is easily defendable and completely excusable. Um, to be driving around casually with a uh, Uzi in the backpack sticking out of the back, like there's, yeah. it just makes it a little more serious. And I think as you were saying his other charges, it, it kind of just adds to this because it makes it more of a big, it's not like this is a first offense where it's like, all right, you were in the car with other people that had this weapon on them. And now it's a little bit of a deeper story. Like, is this going to continue being a problem? Is this going to be a pr problem that escalates, especially, and I don't want to go out of the way and accuse him of anything and like jump any bridges. But if you combine all of his charges where you have domestic violence and then you have multiple gun charges, like any normal, like you, like God forbid one crosses a line and then it moves into a much more serious situation. It yeah. is something at this point, I do think we need to take a little bit more seriously. And I think that's why the chiefs are kind of in this weird situation. What do you think? They have a history of taking on problem children. They mm -hmm. also have a history of, I don't want to say ignoring. I don't think it's fair to say ignoring, but I do think they are very lenient when it comes to behavior and code of conduct. And I think they're willing to take on great players despite, despite. off the field And issues. I know, especially Andy Reid, when he was with the Eagles, like him especially, yeah. we were a place for, and I guess we still kind of are, we were a place for problem children. So I, children, children, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, so I do think that could definitely play a role. Yeah. It makes sense. And it's hard to make a statement because it's like, you've allowed a lot of things to happen. And I don't, again, it's not fair to say allowed or ignored, but it is, they've, they've known about things. They've made statements that weren't very impactful. Those players served really, they served whatever sentence. Um, and then they were able to come back and play. Right. And like right, wrong, indifferent. I think there's probably, we can all agree situations where those some people might not have been, should not have been playing ever yeah. again. And then there's some situations where it's like, okay, this person deserves to do his time, come back and have a career. Yeah. Um, so it goes both ways. But I just do think that this is a franchise that is very, they're known for this. Um, I'm not saying it's correlation causation on, on the, he came to the Chiefs and now he's a problem child. Obviously he had issues <laughs> with Michigan. So there's, there's a lot of other things at play, but I think, you know, it's it's one thing after another. And this is, you know, back in March, I mean, that's a few months ago, right? So we're, we're just at the point of negligence in the sense of you've gotten very comfortable breaking laws, um, getting out of trouble when you need to. And that that's obviously going to come to an end at some point, you're not going to be able to push the limits um, continuously forever. But, but yeah, I, I do think that I see why they're not making a statement, but I, I just don't know that they're, they're aware. Yeah. That's what we know. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I can't imagine that this impacts his status with the team at all, if I had to guess, but, um, that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Yeah. What craziness. It's tough. So, yeah. So we had a lot of groundbreaking. We moved a lot in the right direction and then we had, inconveniences and arrests to kind of balance it I don't out. Know. Yeah. I was going to say even us out a little bit, yeah. um, but now, all right, here we are. We're in the off season. 
We, yeah. we have all this to deal with. These are our major headlines right now. Yep. But now kind of taking a look, moving on to what's going to actually come on the field in mm -hmm. this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of best of top 32 players at their position, a lot of the rankings. So today we're going to break down and we're going to look It's pro football focuses, their top 32 tight ends. I'll put up the list. I don't yes. know if you can read that, but if you have your screen bigger than I have my screen, you can probably read it. Yes. Um, but if you look up pro football focus, top mm -hmm. tight ends, 2021, you will be able to see it, but we're going to go through this and kind of give our reactions. Look, to I'm their going, rankings. yeah, I'm going full eye test on this one because I don't, I don't want to come in it too statistically because I do think there's a lot of value in just the eye test on ranking players, but I've already spotted some things where I'm raising my eyebrow. Yes. I'll no, say that. Me too. <laughs> me too. All right. The one that I'm going to start with, mm -hmm. um, it, it's probably a hot take because it's literally my team. Dallas Goddard at number five. It's high. It's really high. It's, high. it's, it's like really, really high. Um, and like, if that happens, congrats. Like I would love it. Mm -hmm. If anything, I would switch him and TJ Hawkinson, TJ okay. Hawkinson sitting at number seven. Mm -hmm. I think TJ he's proven to be consistently stronger, especially on a team that isn't that strong. Like TJ Hawkinson is a stud on that team. And yeah, like, he's great. Um, he was in the top, I believe he was in the top five this last this past season for regular season statistics. Um, so I would definitely, but seven for Dallas Goddard even even feels, feels high. Yeah. Okay, now I guess my question, because we're looking at Zach Ertz, right? And and that's that situation's up in the air, right? Yeah, we have we have no idea, and I think. The mindset of of we don't necessarily know what Dallas Goddard has to offer because when you're splitting the field and you're splitting reps with someone like Zach Ertz, who knows how good you are alone. Mm -hmm. So I guess do you think do you think it's fair to grade him high? I'm not saying five. I still think five is high. I yeah. you can you can talk me through the benefits of this guy all day. I still and think five's high. Yeah, me saying he is like a if we get rid of Zach Ertz, if we trade, I feel so comfortable with Dallas yeah. Goddard as like, I think he is going to be good for us long-term. I think he's going to be great for us long-term, but just like with what I've seen from him, he's still young. Our team is still rebuilding. I think to say he's going to come out this season with or without Ertz and be a top five tight end. I think that's asking that's for tough. a lot. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. So, it, all right. I'm glad you kind of feel the same way about that. Cause I was, yeah. my eyes were literally like, they have Dallas at five. I would definitely move TJ Hawkinson into the top five. Like, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I think, I yeah, I mean, I think you look at it and he's another guy. And I think Dallas Goddard is one of those guys who he can, he can block, which is very important, yes. especially the for the Eagles. couple of years. I will yes. give him this. He is going, he might even be a top three rece uh, receiver tight end in the next. I could agree years. with that. I could agree with that. Yes. But he needs a little work. He's going to, it's not going to be as simple as removing Ertz from the equation. Now he's a top five guy. It is going to be feeling out this offense. It is, there's a lot of question marks on the Philadelphia offense. So there's a lot that we have to figure out about who they are and what they're going to look like going forward. And now, obviously, they've got this quarterback situation is a whole thing, right? So, and they've got new offensive talent. So how does, how does his blocking play into that? How does yes. his pass catching play into that? So, 
it's not as simple as plug and play, but I do think TJ Hawkinson is one of those guys that is really a dual threat, right? Like he is that guy that can block really well. He can catch really well. He's a guy who really knows his role as a tight end, but plays to so many different assets and skills as well. And I think I seven seems low. I think he's a guy that flies under the radar because the lions are the lions, but at the same time, it's like he, He's what else? What else do you want? Right. And who like, worked, he was with Kitt, him and Kittle, him, Robert Tanya. Yep. They were all together training all off season. And I really think combine and they're doing the tight end university right yep. now. And I really think all of that is going to mature these younger guys. But yeah, Dallas at five is high. And I don't even like, I feel weird even saying this because of how gung ho I've been on this off season. Kyle Pitts at four. I was about to bring that up. Cause I was like, wait, it's a weird, let's it's a, talk about I'm weird, yeah. I'm in a very weird um, place surrounding this because I see it and I'm like, yep, that's what I want. I also feel like you're like, same thing without you're asking for a lot of a rookie to come out and be a top four tight end out of the entire, like, that's a big statement. Out of rookies, out of offensive, I have no doubt in my mind, I would put, I would put, I probably will put money on it, Mm -hmm. that he will be offensive rookie of the year. I think he is going to be so talented, but top four tight ends, you're like, that's That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and you're also, you have to look at their production in terms of the team and the offensive scheme as well, because it's not as simple as them being the most talented tight end in the NFL, right? Like it's just not, and you can't look at any of these guys, right. You can't look at any of these guys separate from their team. And I think the Falcons have a long way to go. We, I don't really know what to expect from the Falcons, but I know that they're not going to, I don't want to say I know because anything can happen, but I would bet a lot of money on the fact that they're not going to come out and win that division, right? Like there's just so much going on there. You've got the bucks that are probably going to run away with it. You've got the Saints who are another question mark. The Panthers, you know, kind of are sneaky good. Sometimes I just don't see the, the Falcons being up there, but this is so high for someone who hasn't stepped foot on the NFL field. And I love him and I believe in him. And I, I just like you, I think he's got a really great chance, probably better than anyone of being rookie of the year, but gosh, it is, it's tough to put him there because I, I can't see the Falcons being the team that gets him to that spot. No, I agree 100%. And it feels like, cause you heard me all leading up. Like I was so Kyle Pitts, gung ho, gung ho. The only reason I was depressed that the Eagles traded back was because it removed all chances of getting him. So now for me to kind of be like unsure, but this is, that's huge. Yeah. Um, The other thing, I guess we're kind of moving like backwards where we went from like four to three, Darren Waller at three. Um, I have a really hot take about this. I actually think he's going to be the number one tight end. Okay. I thought you were going to say he's too high. No, I like I'm, think he's like the shit. I agree with you. I <laughs> think he's, I f- saw that and I was like, that makes sense to me, right? Like, I think, look, when you're doing any of these lists, I think putting Travis Kelsey at one, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah, it's that so makes safe. sense. That yeah. makes sense. You got to put him there. And, and just because we haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise, but George Kittle makes sense, whatever, injuries aside. As long as you can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, cool. I'm fine with him at two. Darren Waller, you could have put Darren Waller two or one, and I wouldn't yeah. have blinked an eye. Would no. not have blinked an eye. But I mean, three, I see where they're going. It's I see where their so heads are. Yes. It is. 
Yeah. I think it's a very safe one, two, three. Um, mm -hmm. but no, I would I would easily come in and say Darren Waller can 100 percent be the top yeah. tight end this season. Okay. Let's go down the list. Yeah. The, once once you hit four or five, you it goes kind of off the rails and there's yeah, some things that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> there's some things that make sense and there's some no, things that make sense. That's why like, I picked this list because it's really a it's a cluster of a lot of things happening. All right. What what sticks out to you the most? Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily stick out, but I would love to know just because they won the Super Bowl. Rob Gronkowski is sitting at nine. Now is that too high or too too low? All right. I I think it's too high. I think it's too high too. I literally saw this and I said, You're putting Gronk in the top. Now, honestly, I did this block like blew my mind so much. I did pull up statistics from this regular season because I said, Where the hell are they getting this from? Regular season, this season, he was number seven in statistics. Okay. So I guess it does make sense, but also you you kind of remove Kittle from that because yep. mm -hmm. of all the injuries. A lot's happened. Gronk really didn't step up actually until the Super Bowl. Like if we're being 100% completely yeah. honest, he was there and he was consistent and he was fine. But mm -hmm. like his breakout was the Super Bowl. And, yeah. and I really think that's kind of, how him and Brady are going to continue until the band breaks up. I think in like those big moments, he will step up, but there are so many young guys. You now have Hunter Henry. who's on the new England Patriots. Yeah. Like there are who's behind Gronk at number 10. Like there are so many guys that I think can <laughs> easily be up there. Jared cook. Like, I think Jared Cook on the Chargers, Tanyan, who was okay. That was my next one. That was my next one. I'm so this is disrespectful. It I'm is not, disgusting. Look, I'm honestly. not knocking Gronkowski, but at the end of the day, the whole deal between him and Tom Brady is Tom Brady picks who he wants to score. Right? It doesn't matter if they're the best player on the field or the worst player on the field. If Tom Brady wants them to score, they're going to score. Why do you think AB and Gronk both scored in the Super Bowl? It's because he wanted his guys to eat in the Super Bowl. Yep. That's how it works, right? Like, you just can't convince me that Rob Gronkowski going into 2021, not back in the day, Rob Gronkowski, going into 2021, I don't care if you won the Super Bowl. I don't care if you were the Super Bowl freaking MVP of that game. You're not a top 10 tight end you're not and at the end of the day to have him in front of hunter henry disrespectful no it's it's honestly rude <laughs> Tanyan, first of all tanyan's at 15 let's talk about that because yeah. what in the world and what? i i honestly wonder and this is how i'm gonna defend them um i wonder if they did this with kind of the mindset that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be playing because that's the only thing that makes sense with putting him yeah. low. Um, because I really think him and Rodgers really did. He was th their third string tight end before this season. But after what you saw, um, it's like, there's no answers on Aaron Rodgers yet. We have no yeah. idea what's going to happen. So right now for you to put it, it's weird to me because you saw how productive he was and how incredible he was this season. 15. It's, it's my, it's literally mind boggling. His, his passer rating was 148. Okay. So oh, let's just, 
I'm just, <laughs> I'm just yeah. throwing that out there, but it is a wild thing. I saw that was the one that offended me the most, I think. Um, yeah. And I agree with you. I think when you look at what the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. And I don't know that he's going to get the looks with Jordan Love under center. I, that's just probably not, right? Probably because not. But I also think it's too soon to kind of assume that Rodgers isn't coming. We don't know what's happening with them. So I think you kind of... I don't know. That's the only reason I can justify him being this low is whoever went into making this list is like Aaron Rodgers might not be there. So he might not perform as well. That's yeah. the only logical explanation I can find for having him at 15. Yeah. Because if Aaron Rodgers is back and really, I don't even, I don't want to remove anything from Tanyan and I don't want to say he is what he is because of Rodgers because he really is that talented. Um, but I, it's, it's rude. It, to me, to not have Tanyan in the top eight yeah. is insane. Yeah, I'm not here for it. I, no, it also, I it. like, let me just say, I'm, as I'm looking at this list now, I just realized there's three Buccaneers tight ends on this list. Yeah. What are we doing? What and, are we doing? I mean, are you, the top 20? are you sponsored by TB12? Like, what is going on? Maybe. What's going I think, on? I think they got a, they got a little paycheck. Because... I mean, this is, who else, what else offends you? Um, Evan Ingram being in the top 20. Okay. He, I don't even know. Yeah, okay. It pisses me off that um they still have him starting over Kyle Rudolph, if I'm being completely honest. Where is Kyle Rudolph on this list? Um, that that's a great question. Um, he is right behind Evan Ingram. Wow. So he it's Evan Ingram at 19 and Kyle Rudolph at 20. Okay. And and that really um hurts my feelings if I'm being yeah, really honest. I don't like that. I mean, no, Kyle Rudolph. No. I mean, okay, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook. You can move him higher. Yeah, definitely. You can move him higher. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, there's a lot of shifting that need that needs to be that needs to be done here. Yeah, I, and here we here look. I love OJ Howard as much as the next person think he's great think he's a gem great human being his kid's adorable <laughs> now for a guy who got injured and hasn't really played an actual season in his entire career and we have no idea what that's going to look like when he does it's wild that he's on this list and yeah. i'm not trying to be rude i love him i hope he i hope he succeeds i hope he stays on the roster because that's another question when you've got this many tight ends going into a season and you also have a million wide receivers and a million running like you have a lot of everything right so yeah. i want him to win a roster spot i really do but a wild thing a wild thing because you lasted three weeks of the regular season last yeah. year so it's this i don't know who wrote this list I mean, I know pro football focus, but who? Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blast him, but this is interesting. That no, it really is. And yeah, no, it's really like Blake Jarwin on the Cowboys is like wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's he's on this. Okay. So so there's a lot of oh. um, Oh goodness. Oh uh, yeah, no. So so this gets really interesting. Uh also, I, I feel like I'm gonna make my own list after this because Yeah, yeah. This is a wild. This is a wild list. I <laughs> I think they're going for like okay, I have this mentality in a lot of things where okay. I'll say something insane and potentially egregious, right? Just to throw people off because it's like if it does happen, right? If then it does really happen. Cool. 
then I have the take, right? Like I had the take and I said it and no one else can take that away from me. And look at me, I'm smarter than all of you. I'm better than all of you. And if I, if it doesn't happen, like, well, yeah, of course it wasn't going to happen. Duh. No big yeah. deal. So I like to do that as well, but that's very much what this list feels like is they're just putting things up there and like hoping they stick and maybe hoping miracles happen so they can say, look, we called it. Yeah. And, I, exactly. and I'm sure one of these things come come true. I'm sure they do because that's just the odds being in their favor. But at the end of the day, this is a wild list. I don't know how they came up with this. Yeah, I, I would I would really um I, I want to hear it explained to me because maybe then it, it could start making sense. It's so crazy too how like if you look at one, two, three, yeah. so safe, like the safest top three yep. you can possibly go with. And then when I tell you, shit literally hits the fan from four down. Yeah. And, and it just starts, you literally sit there and you go, what? Like, what have you seen that, that makes you think this is, this is going to be the case? If you're, if you're, if you want to have a fun read, I will say, go to the actual landing page for this article and read the explanations they don't explain everything. No. I'll say that because I'm looking at them now and they definitely don't. They're trying to justify and, and sometimes they don't, but they're definitely, they're trying. They they try. They're trying. It, it just seems like they're giving, and like all of these guys, like they're all great, like good tight ends. Like I'm not gonna, like, yeah. But when you're actually ranking them, their justifications just seemed like them saying, this is what this guy does really well. Yeah. But it's not saying how you can justify Evan Ingram being in the top 20. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm so confused. Is there right. anyone on this list that you or is there anyone that's not on this list that should be? Hold on. I want to make oh no, Gerald Everett's on here. He's 21. Let me see. Cox from the Colts, Howard. Hold on. I'm like reading through everything now. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because I really, I really don't think Blake Jarwin should be here. Like you said, I don't think OJ Howard should be here. But I don't know who There's I would. There's got to be people that aren't on this list that I just can't think of. Yeah. Because, I mean, you've got Jordan Atkins from the Texans. I mean, Adam Troutman from the Saints. Like, you've just got all these names where it's like, okay, cool. It just seems like they filled 32. Correct. And I'm trying to figure out if it's because they needed to fill it because there's not that many real top tight ends in the league, which to be fair, could be possible. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm just trying to figure out if there's really like anyone else that should be here, I guess, is what I'm trying to no. explore. I mean, yeah. I don't think so. I think they I think they got everyone, they just missed the mark on who goes the, where. Who goes where? Yeah. Yeah, big time. Yep craziness yeah. and Zach Ertz at 13 like that kind of hurt but it, that one I can honestly it makes sense just because of what we saw from him last season but I would still I don't know I would argue that how do you go from a top three a year ago to yeah 13 I would argue that potentially Mercedes Lewis maybe if Aaron Rodgers comes back oh, yeah with the Packers is not on this list I don't think so I could argue that that's maybe one that should be somewhere. Yeah. 
Again, not super high, but definitely could argue that he belongs on that list. But that's really the only person I can think of. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, this, this took me on a roller coaster of emotions. I, well, we'll have to do another one next week. I'm trying to, like, who can, if I'm this upset over the tight ends list, I don't even want to see the other ones, but it's fun content. No, it definitely is. So I'm. I'm interested. I want to see it. I, I want to see how this plays out too. I, I literally think I, this triggered me so much that I'm, I'm going to go have to reorder it. Maybe I'll post it somewhere, Instagram or Twitter or something. Yeah. Well, I love that. We got triggered. We got happy. We got sad. Oh my we God. did all the things. We did. Do you want to uh, hear what I saw on yes. ESPN the other day? Yes. Um, I wake up. It's like eight in the morning. I roll over. I look at my TV. Um, and I believe, I can't remember what show it's, whatever's on, it had to have been like get up or something. Mm. Um, I roll over and the guys are talking about how the Cowboys could potentially go 12 and six. Okay. Let's stop right there. Yeah. Um, let's not, let's, let's not, not do that. Let's, let's not. not. So I literally rolled back over. I went to bed and then I woke up at noon and I said, this is more like it. I will <laughs> say last year we all, we all did the same thing last year where we were like, the Cowboys could go to the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. They could be the dark horse for the Super Bowl. And to be fair, when you lose your starting quarterback, that's a big factor. And Andy Dalton, who is apparently still number one, um, is uh, is is your quarterback. But it is and then like... You lose Andy Dalton. And then you lose Andy Dalton. So I, I don't see that happening. But, but yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as last year. I think, I feel like for some reason every year... Everyone the, gets uh, so gung-ho on the Cowboys, so and then the Cowboys come out, and they're not that great. And it's crazy because no one likes the Cowboys. Like, it's not – they're not America's team anymore. It's I don't even know who America's team is, but it's definitely the not Bills. the Cowboys. The Bills. It's the Bills. I could I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I love I'm the just, Bills. Yes. I love the Bills. Yeah. Seeing them dancing – Oh, I'm dancing. That team just me. brings me so much joy. Love them. The Bills, the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, I think we all got behind the Browns for a while, but I don't necessarily know that that's the case anymore. But, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's wild because no one likes them. But yet every single season, it seems that no matter how terrible they were the year before, we're still talking about them as Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. And I'm like, where, where are you getting this information? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not at camp, but I, I don't know what you're seeing. Uh, they didn't, it's not even like they took, like, Washington took the division. Like, they didn't even right. win the division. And granted, losing Dak definitely plays a role. And, and they drafted fine, but I just don't see, like, I saw one, someone um put out a mock of, like, the top 32 picks without any trades or anything mm. for next year's draft. So, basically, where they think everyone's going to fall. Bit. Yeah, and they had the Cowboys picking at thirty-one, and I said, "So they lost the Super Bowl to someone. They lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers." Getting here, like, what makes everybody think every year that the Cowboys are going to come out and be Super Bowl contenders? So they lost. So they're they're predicting that the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs and lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. So they would play the Chiefs essentially. Oh, yeah. It makes yeah. So um, that's apparently what we're in for. The Cowboys are beating the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Cowboys then go to the to go play against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and then they're just barely they're just not making it. They're just barely getting beat by the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's 
crazy. And like, this isn't even my NFC East bias. Like I can't find anything that we've seen in the Cowboys in the last three, four years to tell me that they are ready to go to the Super Bowl. Look, I made the mistake last year. I bought in on the hype. I was like, you know what? I can see that. I, I was, I was available to accept that that could be a possibility. I won't say that I was hyping it, but I was definitely like, I could see that. Yeah. Because there were, before Dak got hurt, there was a lot of arguments to be made. Not anything that would really provoke me to believe it, but definitely where it's like, okay, I could see that. Like I could see that being an unexpected turn. The same way I thought the Cardinals could be a Super Bowl contender. The same way I thought a lot of teams out there might make a run at the Super Bowl. Um, but nothing that really convinced me over the edge that they would really go. And again, this year, I just, what are these? They're just not based on anything. These opinions and predictions are just not based on anything. And again, anything can happen, but I don't know. We kind of saw exactly what we expected to see last year. And like, there were some crazy things that happened, but when you look at everything, how, how it played out, where it came down to in the postseason. No one, I don't know that anyone was necessarily surprised. So no. I said I said in my first YouTube video it was gonna be a Bucks Chief Super Bowl, and I kind of said it as a joke mm-hmm. because that just seemed like the most logical situation, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Do you have any right now way too early dark horse Super Bowl team um, that I have a couple. I don't know. I mean, I would like to believe, again, if we're going to go, let's stick on the AFC side. I would like to believe that the Bills get there. Yeah. I want to believe that because I do think that since they've- And they can. They can. And they've they've made the moves too. And every year they seem to get better and they seem to improve throughout the season. I think they're making the moves they need to make and they're doing it the right way. And so I think this is probably their time if it's going to happen. So- I want that to happen. I can see it happening. Um, but I don't know that that's a dark horse pick. But no, I feel like I, I feel like that's a very logical, well thought out pick because I I honestly would put money on them making it to the Super yeah. Bowl this season. I think the chances, I mean, the Chiefs are so good that it would not shock me if they go back, but the chances of them doing it again, I mean, that's asking for a lot. I would I be- think. I think yeah. I'd be really imp- I think the Bills make more sense honestly for this season. I think my dark horse for the AFC, like a team that I would get hate on for saying like mm. this man thinking the Cowboys are all that and then some. Um I would say Chargers. Okay. Even okay. for with a new coach, I think that would be my dark horse if anyone from that. the AFC is going to do it. I would say Chargers or Dolphins. I'm also going to throw the Colts in there. Um Wow. I'm going to throw them in there. I hate to say it, but I think we saw their capability last year. I think if everything goes as planned with Wentz and that whole, that entire experiment reunion works out, then I think there's nothing really stopping them because I think when you look at the division, they've got the division, right? Like they've got it wrapped up. If they can get, if they can even maintain what they were doing last year, I think the Colts have the division wrapped up, ready to go. They've got it. And I just think that they can compete with the best in the AFC. Like I really think they can. And I I think as long as the quarterback situation solid squared away and everything works out, 
I have all the faith in the world that they can get there. Now, no, I don't I think agree. it's probable, but I think it's possible. Seeing what they could do with Philip Rivers and not knocking Philip Rivers, but we just know how Philip Rivers is. Yeah. Seeing what they can do and if Wentz can come out, I would love it if they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. One, because it benefits the Eagles and draft picks. Yeah. Two, it, it can just make every all the Eagles players so hyped that we got rid of Carson and everyone that's been knocking Carson for so long, I can literally sit back and be like, he was not our problem. Like, look how talented he is. The second he is with a coach that actually understands him and with a team that can actually protect him and benefit him. Yeah. So if that happens, I honestly think that would be a best case scenario for me Mm -hmm. um, because I can point every uh, Eagles fan in the face and say, you were wrong. And now look at where we are. Love that. What, yeah. what about, what about NFC? NFC? I'm fully going Cardinals for dark. I, I'm, I'm here for it. And I was going to say the same. I, it just seems I like the, the obvious Cardinals. place to go because of the talent they've acquired. But I do think that the mentality there is right. It feels so much like the bucks 2.0 because mm-hmm. they've gotten these big names. Granted, it's not Tom Brady, but it's still, they're big names in the league. They've gotten them all there. They're excited to be there. They're excited to work with each other and play with each other. And they're veteran guys that are excited to be there. I I love the mentality that they seem to have. And I really believe that the culture is going to live up to that throughout the season. So yeah, I mean, I'm I they had the talent last year. Um, they were just missing a few things. And now they've filled those holes. Yeah. I think they're dangerous. I'm excited to see them. Literally, the the toughest thing for the Cardinals this season is going to be competing within their division. Yeah. As long as they yeah. make the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs as a wild card, mm-hmm. as long as they make the playoffs, I really think they, it, they have it in the bag from there. Yep. If they, once they get in, uh, there are very few teams, the bucks, obviously like there's a, there's going to be teams that they can, they have to compete against and play well against. It's not going to be an easy, I'm not going to say they make the playoffs and then it's the easiest run from there. Yep. There are teams that are going to give them a run for their money. However, if they can compete well enough within their division, I think that gives them a great competition. And then once they get there, it's, we saw Tom Brady, we saw the Bucks almost lose every single playoff game, yeah. literally leading up to the Super Bowl. Yep. Like they were like scraping by. Yep. So if the Cardinals can come in in a situation like that and knock them out, done. Like I, I think it's very possible. Yeah, and I think it's easy to look at the Bucks and think, why can't they? Here's the thing: they have every reason to repeat. They've got every single person they had last year and more. They've got it's kind of embarrassing if they don't. It's embarrassing if they don't, and that's the whole thing: is is you should walk in there and have no issue based on the money you've spent the way you've structured your contracts. I mean, they're kind of screwed in the next two, three, four years because of the way that they've borrowed money in the future just to make this team work this year. And it's embarrassing if they don't, but there's something in me. And I don't know if it's just because I'm tired of Tampa Bay fans or if it's because like, it's just like a gut feeling, but I, there's just something in me that says it's not going to be a simple path back to the Super Bowl. And if anything, I think it'll be, I, I just don't see them getting there. And I, I don't know if it's going to be injuries. I don't know if it's just going to be them really just overthinking or just expecting to get there. Um, but yeah, I, I think someone's going to come, especially in the NFC and, and really 
give them a run for their money and it, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree. I think for the Bucks to actually get back there, everything would just have to fall into place like perfectly. And yeah. from what we, it, it never works out that way. Like they have one of the easiest schedules in the league. By I know way. that's what's also like really oh. annoying. Okay. But I honestly think what teams have to look, they need to go back and they need to watch the tape from the playoffs. Washington, who yeah. almost beat them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was like rooting. I was so gung ho on Washington in that game, and I was like, "Do it! Like, knock them I out!" I would have loved to put money on Washington. Like, that I would have been I, my favorite NFL game in history. Yeah, no, it would have been legitimately incredible. Yep. Um, but I, there, the Bucks have weaknesses, and they got yep. lucky in winning those games to get to the Super Bowl. But th- they are beatable. Like, even with being a powerhouse, they can be beat. So yep. if teams can figure them out and with all the movement that we've seen, and now we're going to have a fairly normal off season, we're going to have preseason leading up to everything. I just think it puts them in a position to be knocked off. Like I, I just can't see them having this easy straight run back not saying they won't make it back. If they do, I just don't think it's going to be this easy, like follow the yellow brick road and take home another Lombardi. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, 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 we're close. We're, we're close. close. I think we're like 40, <laughs> 40 some days away from yeah. the preseason or something. I saw that on Twitter today and I was like, oh my God. Ugh. We're getting Ugh. there. Ugh. We're getting there. Till regular season. It's coming and I need it, especially after the Sixers just destroyed my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need football season back. RIP. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we uh we're getting there. I'm excited to have football back. I it's not that I don't love these other sports that are going on right now, but I, there's there's nothing that compares to the NFL season. So no, I agree. Like th- these get me by, but yeah. that something just it's there's something special about football season. There is. Uh-huh. Oh, we love it. We love it. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Onside Chicks Pod, Instagram at Onside Chicks. Subscribe to our Twitch channel and our YouTube channel at Onside Chicks and rate, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And we will catch you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.